0: mm mm-hmm.
1: I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is Todd Boss. He is a much-published poet, published in some very interesting places, like The New Yorker and Poetry Magazine. And he's the creator of motion poems, which I guess the simplest thing I could say is creates poetry videos. He'll probably tell us about that. And he has a new book, Someday the Plan of a Town, just out from Norton. You see, in 2018, he sold most of his belongings and began a multi-year adventure traveling the world, house-sitting. He says that this book is the only souvenir he's got from that adventure. So we're going to learn about that. So welcome, Todd. I'm really glad to hear about this and for everyone else to hear about it
2: too. Thanks, Charlie. Great to be here.
1: Now, tell us about house-sitting.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, joined, uh, I joined up with uh, TrustedHouseSitters.com. This is a great site that uh, lets you uh, choose among 50-a-day opportunities around the world to uh, help people uh, with their you know, gardens and pets and uh, homes while they're away on vacation. And, uh, and I strung together 30 of these in a row for two years, just prior to the pandemic. It was much easier to find these opportunities then. Um, And uh, yeah, I I navigated uh, most of Europe and uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Singapore, came back around (laughs) around the world to Mexico. Uh, Yeah, it was an amazing adventure. And uh, people, no no cash changes hands. Uh, it's just an opportunity to live in their home and, uh, and, and watch their animals. I had 30 sheep in the Pyrenees in and in a little stone cabin up in the Alps, and I, I are and I, in, in the Pyrenees. And I had um, uh, chickens periodically, I had uh, cats and dogs, you know, the, the run. It was great. Oh, and it basically worked.
1: Yeah. didn't get attacked by chickens or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No attacks, no mishaps, no deaths. That's
1: really great. Yeah. That's really, (laughs) that's really uh, good to know. And oh, yeah, this kind of fits with something you mentioned in the book. Yeah. You always, always wish you could. This phrase uh, divides his time between, Mm. I think, and you mentioned like between Reykjavik and Sandusky, Ohio.
2: Yeah, should I read that poem? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it seems
1: like it says something big about you.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay, great. Yeah, he, it's called He Divides His Time Between. I love that title. He divides his time between is a line I always wanted in my bio. He divides his time between Reykjavik and Sandusky, Ohio. He summers on Lake Como and winters in Aspen. As it happens, no place is like home. Already I split my attentions between this world and any halfway decent poem. Doctors call it deficit, but some divisions make surpluses. We multiply when we divide our lives, our loves and our addresses. Last year, I kept 40 plus pets. House sitting for strangers is as varied as it gets. Dividing 12 months into 20 sits in 16 countries on five continents. I had a married life before in a subdivision of peace and war. In equal thirds, my loved ones ate my heart like a festival roast. Now, my father's son is a ghost, a wisp of smoke, a metaphor. He divides his time between nothing and much and matters and anymore. The poem actually does, I
1: forgot how much it does say about you.
2: Yeah, it's (laughs) kind of. Yeah, you said,
1: right. it's into your life situation when you walked into this adventure. Yeah. Uh, in the intro, you said the marriage was uh, kind of gone and mm-hmm. issues with the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, it's all in that poem.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is kind of, isn't it? Yeah. I think I, I think I really did want to divide my time. I really did want to kind of uh, split my list. You know, my life was already kind of very splintered and I... I, and I just wanted to separate my, I needed space. I needed time and space and uh, recovery. I needed to recover. It was a journey mm-hmm. of recovery. Yeah.
1: While you were out there in these various places, could you feel it like coming back? What, <laughs> That's a funny life? question, maybe. My but, past <laughs> my past life, you mean? <laughs> were the pieces like getting more like, organized <laughs> yeah. or something like that?
2: Um, I'm not sure maybe. how to ask
1: the question, but I yeah. the idea... Yeah
2: yeah yeah well no i think maybe not uh you know it's not like i had a magic formula and i was doing something Mm -hmm. extraordinary that sort of sorted things out for me it didn't feel that way at the time at least um it was more of a journey of grief like any anyone might go through you know through any sort of grief or mourning period um uh yeah, you know, I think it's just uh when, when you when you remove yourself and take perspective, you can get some perspective, yeah. Uh it just feels good. And so you keep doing it and then uh and, and then eventually the picture starts to fall into place a little bit.
1: Yeah, Your consciousness moves to other things, mm. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I can't imagine doing it for two years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I could I can't either, honestly. I, I, it's now that It still strikes me as strange, and I'm still on the road as a nomad, and it's very weird uh, to me that I've kept it up as long as I have. It's been four, almost five years now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and and somewhere, maybe the intro or one of the poems you mentioned, thinking that maybe, you know, after about six months, this thing would be, you know, that'd be fine, and that'd be enough. And kind of surprisingly to you, uh, you stayed motivated.
2: Yeah. Giving up all my things was a big help. You know, the fact that I don't have a permanent home to come home to, um, is is a big is a big was a big move and I mm. and when, and I remember while I was doing that while everything was on Craigslist you know and I was selling stuff on eBay and it was you know all the I was just getting rid of everything I just felt at some point I woke up in my apartment looking around thinking God I don't have anything much left and what is this the right did I have I done the right what what kind of a yeah. mistake is this you know <laughs> what kind of a, what did I do to myself and if this doesn't work out I'm gonna have to a choir, you know yeah right <laughs> a chair and a table again you know i'm gonna have to go through this process again a bike you know and a car <laughs> and a
1: screwdriver whatever <laughs> <laughs>
2: Exactly! Wow! Um, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a it's
1: a big move.
2: It's it sounds scary, um, and it is in moments. But the fact is, it's really it's really fun, and I had a really great time doing it. And once you start getting rid of things, uh, it's a little bit of a habit, and and you get into the habit, mm-hmm. and it's it's joyous. It's joyous. <laughs> uh, well, I
1: promise not to tell you where I've been, because you, you've got a poem about, about you know when you tell people you've been somewhere. They start telling you where they've been and they don't pay any attention to you anymore. They just want, want to that? tell you about the great place. I'm not going to tell you where I've been. You You'll never that? know yeah. if I've been to Sandusky or Reykjavik. <laughs> My lips you are what? sealed.
2: I want to read that poem. It's a fun that, poem. So that your listeners know what we're talking about. But it is a great little opening joke that I've put in the very front of the book. <clears throat> and it's called Where You've Been. The trouble with telling people where you've been is that then they start telling you where they've been and making it sound like you haven't been anywhere until you've been where they've been. And (laughs) before you can tell them that where you've been is every bit as interesting as where they've been, they're explaining how to get to where they've been, even though you don't intend to go. And by then, where you've been has been lost around the bend, and you know they know, though nobody says so, that no one's going to be going there again. (laughs) Uh, That's really
1: a hoot. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i love how, i love how uh i love how uh quickly that poem can trip out of the out of the mouth you know it just kind of rolls yeah. and it's almost like a uh, a gag um, like a routine a re- yeah yeah like a routine but you can read it slowly too and get a lot of joy out sure. of the sounds of the words repeating yeah oh mm.
1: ah, this brings up something you were talking about delivery what mm. about these uh this video stuff you do with poems tell us about that
2: tell people about that sure so um about 15 years ago now i was reading in saint paul from my first book of poems and a woman came up to me afterwards and introduced herself as an animator and she said she wanted to animate some of my poems and i said sure why not go ahead and the results were so interesting she really interpreted these poems and kind of gave them a a sort of new gloss you know a whole new gloss and I uh, uh, she knew a whole bunch of filmmakers and I knew a whole bunch of poets so we started putting them together uh, pairing them up matching them and 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 setting them loose without any artistic direction but just saying go go at it you know have some have some fun and we started getting grants to be able to pay these artists to do this and uh, the Walker Art Center in Minneapolis hosted our annual uh, premiere and we used to do about a dozen of these a year so we did 150 over the course of 12 years Mm -hmm. or so working with Pulitzer winners as well as sort of early career writers and just some really phenomenal filmmakers some of them you know at agencies that make super bowl commercials you know or or uh new york times you know illustrators or you know it's just really amazing who we got to work with over the course of and uh the results are all on motionpoems.org, so they're all for free people can you know take take a look around and see what we did um it was really a rewarding thing i i have a um uh, i have a um i don't know i'm kind of addicted to uh collaboration i really i really love working with people and i love um making people's dreams uh come true finding out what they are and then figuring out a way to get uh, to get those to happen mm-hmm. um and, uh, and I love shoveling money at artists. If, if any way that I can do that, uh, I'll, I'll do it. So, so that really satisfied a lot of uh, my itches.
1: Yeah, it's, and did you say .org?
2: Motionpoems.org.
1: Motionpoems.org, folks. Interesting stuff. Should <laughs> <Just laughs> we reinforce those things? Thanks, Charlie. Now, is this project over or is it just still kind of happening at a different level?
2: Uh, yeah, it's still kind of happening at a different level. Right now, we're partnered with the University of Minnesota's medical school to develop uh, uh, motion poems around uh, health and wellness topics. Mm. So that's an interesting twist in the game. But we're still doing it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you from Minnesota?
2: Or do you just happen to be rich I here? am orig- I'm originally from a Wisconsin farm, but I lived oh. in uh, Minneapolis for about 25 years. Okay. So I have a lot of connections there. I have great affection for Milwaukee. Spent a decade there. Really? A decade? 10 years? Yeah. (laughs) Are you a brewer?
1: Nah. I just love Milwaukee and Lake Michigan, specifically, most specifically. Yeah.
2: The beautiful lake, beautiful lake. Mm -hmm. My parents live on the other side of it, up in Traverse, uh, the Traverse City area, Michigan, Leland County. Yeah.
1: Well, what else would you like to read to us?
2: Oh gosh! Something, uh, something out of
1: there that you'd like the world
0: to hear.
2: <laughs> oh my! I don't know. Uh, let's see. How about um, about the title poem? Oh yeah, sure. Someday the plan of a town. I wrote this in uh, Tarifa, Spain, just after leaving Morocco. uh, And uh, I remember the little apartment that I wrote it in. It was a little second floor walk-up apartment uh, with a balcony over a little cobbled street that kind of crooked at an angle, you know, right underneath Mm -hmm. me. And I used to watch people come and go and uh, navigate that street. Older, Older folks who lived there, you know. Uh, tourists, uh, uh, delivery people—you know, sort of navigating that. Those, the, it, one of those, it was one of those really ancient cobbled streets with the yeah. great, big, great, big, muscled big cobbles. You know that you kind of have to. You can't, you can't just kind of mindlessly, you know, walk walk mm-hmm. around. And uh, it got me thinking. Uh, and, and this is the poem that came out. <clears throat> Someday, the plan of a town, right down to its side tracks and back alleyways will match, or so goes the dream, with some identical patch of neural network your rogue thoughts roam in. Overlay it like those musculoskeletal transparencies with which anatomy textbooks come bound. And you'll be at home in its dog-leg joint work of cobbled kinks. And your body will resound at every fork, tuning fork-like. And every road you ever rambled will be rescrambled to appear to have brought you here where you fit so perfectly, where you can practically predict where to find every bench or post box, and where you can cue every little old lady who leaves her flat to buy bread as if she were locking up a little room in your head and trading your idea of money for your idea of food before returning to wipe her shoes on the mat, your mind's laid flat and fit her flat key to its shoulder into the strike plate keyhole through which you daily romance her as she grows older. That worn dome-topped slot that looks as if two question marks met on the road to kiss and mate and make one question. Opening, opening, each forever the other's only answer.
1: Tell us some more, tell us something about that poem. That's a really interesting poem. Oh, and it's oh. got a lot in it. It's okay. Thanks. It's not yeah. like a re- it's not like a regular reading. You can talk about the poem here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially no, I love- since
1: people can't look at it and you know.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. I love doing that. Yeah. No, it's uh it's uh I, I think the the biggest surprise for me on writing it was the, the uh the entrance of that little old woman. Hmm. You know, writing it writing into something, you never know what you'll encounter really and you know it's not like you have an agenda even though this poem really is about a map and it sort of seems as if uh the 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 map is all laid out you know prior to your entering it the fact is that I made the map up as I went along right as as you do you know in Mm -hmm. any poem and and then here comes this little old lady and and I think she was she was literal, you know. I was there in that apartment, looking down on that little cobbled street, and there were people navigating below. And um, who knows, but that some some little old lady, you know, really literally walked into my poem, and here she is right. now. <laughs> I love having her there because she's yeah. uh I don't know quite what she symbolizes. I'm not sure what she's about. I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. analyze her at the time yeah. for some kind of deeper meaning. It's just, mm-hmm. it just felt really good to have her there. Yeah. And uh yeah. and, and I appreciate her now, you know, yeah, well after the fact that she's she's still just there.
1: Adds a lot to the scene. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I love yeah.
1: I love uh, when you talk about the street. It's, just, it's like right now what I think of as Old European movie.
2: Totally. <laughs> that
1: kind of a street.
2: You know? Totally. It was a little seaside town and the fog would come in in, in, in the morning. You know? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got it.
1: You can't get any more old European movie than that. <laughs> and the streets crooked. It's not straight. And
2: exactly. the cobbles
1: are big. And oh my God. That's right. <laughs> it's a perfect cobblestone street. <laughs> it was. Or is there any other outstanding like place you stayed?
2: Um, Come mind. Gosh, I stayed in so many extraordinary places. Uh, uh, um, it, so many, and uh, and I and I fell in love with every single one. And yeah, you know, the animals uh, that you're watching help make you feel like a real local. And you run into the neighbors, and they ask you know about the animal, and they ask about you, and they find, you know, and so you yeah. you really do sort of blend in. And I I I really love that mode of travel. It's not sightseeing or tourism in the right. same way that and, yeah. And so you sort of learn how to navigate on a very small level, you know, the local grocery and the local post office and all the little sure. local stuff that you're tasked with doing. Um yeah, it's a it's a very satisfying way to move about the world.
1: Uh. Do you speak any languages other than English? I suddenly thought of that.
2: <laughs> Not really, but I cool. but I but I pick things up, you know, period you know as I move. So German sure. was German was a struggle and and, and you know, honestly Spanish is a struggle for me. I learned a little French in high school. I have a little Russian from college, but nothing I can really draw on. You know, yeah. So yeah. so it's it's, it's it, but but happily, you know, English is very common.
1: Um,
2: yeah, yeah. We'll give us another poem. Um, here's, here's one. It's uh, called uh, Why Empty Barbershops Draw Me. I Don't Know. Uh. And uh, this is true about me. Anybody who's walked in a strange place with me knows that I stop whenever I encounter an empty barbershop. I really love this notion of the, I don't know why, I don't, I really truly don't know why this poem was mm-hmm. an explore, exploration into why. Why empty barbershops draw me, I don't know. It's romantic. I end up snapping photos through the windows. Chair, convened there by chair, by chair. Mirrored, clean, someone the night before having swept up all the cut hair. Light streaming in from the street, printing whatever's on the plate glass, crooked across the floor. Closed sign askew in the door. We do want community. We do, but we also don't. We want to be held close and left alone. We want to talk when we want to talk, and we want sometimes instead to sit quietly while someone touches us all about the head with the edges of a scissoring scissor and the neat teeth of a comb small comfort but lucky for us the wealthy as well as the poor that there are a few things left in this old world we still need other people for
1: held close and left alone Mm. nice interesting uh, <laughs> observation of human behavior human desire let's call it yeah
2: yeah, yeah. we're tricky that way aren't we <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: yeah as long as you don't get too extreme it's all right <laughs> yeah that's a good one
2: <laughs> Charlie you're a joy you're a joy to talk to. Charlie. yeah this has
1: been great um uh, do you have any anything else we should know? Any other projects or anything else like that you'd like to mention or whatever, uh, anything coming up that you're kind of working on or whatever?
2: Well, I spill that stuff on Patreon and um, you can find me there. I also have a website, uh, ToddBossOriginals.com where I share all my projects. I'm working on a, uh, ch- uh, just sold my first children's book to Simon & Schuster. Okay. That'll be out in uh, 2023. Um, I'm working on a musical, I'm working on, uh, some libretto projects, lots and lots of stuff. So it's, this is a lot. I, you know, poetry doesn't pay the bills, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so it's important to, important to diversify.
1: That's cool. Yeah. You're one of these broadly creative, uh, guys even invented a strap for carrying computers people this man is an inventor of the famous computer carry strap or what do you what do you call it
2: yeah the laptop strap
1: the laptop strap it's kind of got a almost got a you know lap strap you know got the sound there
2: it's good yeah
1: little poetry in there no but i I saw a picture of it that's cool okay well this has been great todd and and we're by golly we did it time's up so it's been really good to visit with you and uh hear hear your poetry and your story of what you're doing in life
2: yeah it was a joy thanks charlie
1: all right i'm charlie rossiter folks and this is poetry spoken here our feature today todd boss talking to us from california but (laughs) we <laughs> with us again next time to Let Poetry Speak to You. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to Let Poetry Speak to You. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack rossiter Mondley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com/poetryspokenhere. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/poetryspokenhere. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address. Poetry Spoken Here at gmail.com.